You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and um, I'd like to welcome you to our first show of the new year. And an auspicious year, I am sure this will be. So I would like to call out to the helping spirits to be with us here today to guide us on our journey here together. So I call out to the ancestors, all those who bring that which is good and true and beautiful um, from our ancestral lines into our lives here as the living to support us. And I call out especially to those ancestors who were alive and functioned well in times of great change and transformation. Not just those who lived in a time of changing from oppression into freedom and creativity and expression, um, but those who were here in particular of times of great expression that went into times of constriction and humanity, because those people can help us to know how to not walk down that path at this time. So I call out for those ancestors who held the transitions well in those times in life when we either lose or gain energy. We ask for the ancestors to support us in gaining energy and momentum for living in a sustainable way that is good for all living things, human and non-human. So we ask those ancestors to gather around and be with us here today. And I ask each one of you listening to reach down into the earth all the way into this great and magnificent being and give thanks to the earth for the wonder of your life, for the extreme miracle of this day, and for the incredible beauty of life around us, even if the only beauty you can see in this day is the simple fact that things can change and transform. And so I call out to the energy of the earth to be with us here today and give thanks for home. I give thanks for grounding and place and belonging and connection and the interconnectedness of this dream. We give thanks to the earth for all the wonder and the wisdom of manifestation. And we ask the earth to help us to continue to learn, to be here in a good way, and to learn from those teachers all around us in the ecosystems that span the globe. And may we all come to be as natural in our existence as these natural states um, of the ecology. And so with our feet firmly planted in the earth and our hearts in gratitude, let our energy rise up through our minds and out through the sky and all the way out to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you know this power, I invite you to call it down now into yourself, into your day, and into this circle. And in this way, we call in the energy of protection and blessing, the energy of generosity, the energy of benevolence, we call in these energies into our day that we might notice the mentors in our life and learn from them, that we might feel the champions who have our back, that we might go forward where we were yesterday afraid. We call out to these energies to be with us and bring with them all the wisdom of the cosmos, that we might understand where we have come from and where we are going and how to do what we must do today so that what needs to be can become. 
So with earth below and the sky above drawn into our bodies and mixing around, let's call out to the energy of the heart. And may the spirit of the heart be with us here today and open up into the wild and wise crucible that it is. Able to hold the fiery passions of the belly and the crystal clarity of the mind and to draw these energies together in the heart that we might know through that strange dynamic of these often disparate energies. That we might know a third energy, which is why we are here, that unique genius And that we might find the courage in our heart to bring that unique genius into the world and to give our gifts and to give them now. So we give thanks to the energy of the heart, earth below, the sky above, and the ancestors gathered all around us. We give thanks for the spirits being with us here today that we might hear what needs to be heard and say what needs to be said and do what we need to do here today in a way that is good for all living things. So I have excellent news. I'm very excited about this. And first, I want to give thanks to Stephen and Rebecca and the listeners who have donated into this new year, into the show for this new year. Um, And I just want to share with you all that in 2011, we came so very close to my goal of having listener donations cover the cost of producing this show. So if we include the help, the generous help of the SSP for sponsoring the interview shows each month, we, we... Altogether, made it 96%. Pretty amazing. So we made almost, with your generous donations, we covered 96% of the cost of producing the show last year. And that is excellent, and I am deeply grateful. My goal for this year, 2012, is that we could be truly listener-supported so that all of the out-of-pocket expenses that I pay to keep the show on the air, so that would include, for example, the server that hosts the website that hosts three years of free shows for you all to download anytime you want to all over the world. Yes, that costs me money each month as well. And so I am hoping in this year, in 2012, you will find value in this show in such a way that it moves you in your heart and you can move into the action of making a donation, humble or grand. It doesn't matter. Every single dollar goes exactly to the same place, which is to the expenses of keeping the show on the air. So I want to thank you all and um, invite you to meet this goal with me in this year that this show would be truly and completely listener supported. That would be a great gift and um, I'm deeply grateful for everything. Um, there are all of these lovely $5 donations that come out to $4.37 <laughs> on PayPal. It's just delightful. Anyway, so thank you all. And um, thank you all for uh, valuing the show and allowing that value to move you into action. The action of sending me questions, the actions of suggesting show topics, but in particular the actions of donating um, so that the show can stay live and active and available to people all over the world. Because, boy, all over the world we need We need the wisdom of shamanism now because they are the times in each of our ancestral lives that our people, whoever we call our people, our people knew how to be here in a way that was sustainable and supported life and and, and that people made choices out of a love for the future. And I've stolen that flagrantly from Orland Bishop, O-R-L-A-N-D, Bishop, B-I-S-H-O-P. Definitely Google him and um, find out about him. But he was talking about creating currency out of a love for the future. And this is the thing that I see when I research the encyclopedia about shamanism and see inherent in these shamanic cultures pre-contact is that they were driven in their choices daily by a love for the future and a desire to create 
a future for those generations that were coming. And this is um, a challenging stance for humans to take. And yet all of our ancestors did it at some point in time. It is in all of our blood. And yes, people, we share the same blood. And so I ask you all then just to consider as we go forward in this year how you could live in a way that showed your love for the future. Because this is at the root of all shamanic teachings. So today, our show for today, the beginning of the year, was to do another show that sort of starts at the beginning. And so the topic today is how do I begin shamanic healing? And we are live today, so if you have any questions, feel free to call at 512-772-1938. You can Skype in through the co-creatornetwork.com site, um, or you can email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org, L-A-S-T-M-A-S-K. C-E-N-T-E-R.org. And the classes, the upcoming classes are posted currently on that site and the advanced classes will soon be posted. So please go there if you're interested in classes or healings. So the topic today is how do I begin shamanic healing? Now, contemporary people usually begin to explore the path of shamanic healing because nothing else is working. Or they simply know deeply that something is missing and no one's really paying attention to them in their deep intuitive sense that something is truly missing and it's not just a metaphor, it's not just psychosomatic, but that it's real and they want help finding it. Um, And there is today, I believe, a growing frustration in the unfulfilled promises of pharmaceutical and surgical medicine. I think also there is a growing irritation with the vacuous, you get what you need response that seems to be used all the time whenever we question the efficacy of the alternative care that we're receiving. And I think that it's completely reasonable for us to have a desire for efficacy and accountability, whether we are turning to allopathic care in Western medicine or alternative care, and that that there is just a growing frustration and irritation around the promises of all the different cares out there. I don't think that one is any better than the other. Any one of them is genius if it's exactly the medicine that you need. But the deeper issue here now, I think, is understanding all of our options as a system. And the beauty of shamanic healing, since it's a divination-driven system, is it helps us to understand right from the get-go, what is the source of my dis-ease? And given that, what is the path forward to an ultimate state of health and well-being? So that's really at the very essence of um, shamanic healing is that it's looking first at the source and then devising the plan, spirits devising the remedy essentially for that diagnosis based on the assumption that you need to be whole and able to live your soul's purpose. And that if you are whole and able to live your soul's purpose, you will maintain a state of health and well-being. And ideally, beyond that, you will maintain a state of health and well-being that is generative and tends to inspire those around you to do the same. So this is where I would actually like to step up this conversation. There are certainly many shows in the archives about shamanic healing and the basic standard answer. And I don't disagree 
with the standard answer about what is shamanic healing and why would I do it. Um, But I would like to add or and, I would like to add to that standard answer. Because shamanic healing can be effective as a modality. In other words, someone who is, you know, a psychotherapist or for God's sakes, even these MDs now um, that are everything, alternative practitioners and shamans. um, Yes, they apply shamanism usually as a modality, meaning, well, it's just another skill set, not necessarily a way of life, but another skill set. And yes, shamanic healing can be effective offered in this way as a modality as yet one other thing this practitioner does that's what i mean by offering something as a modality it can be effective in that way but never as effective as it could be a single shamanic healing session from an initiated shaman with a client who is willing to engage and do their part a single session can be profoundly life-changing. And that's what I mean by it being truly as effective as it could be. And this is where I would like to step up this conversation. I am not saying shamanic healing is better than everything else. It is certainly not going to be any good at all if it's not actually the answer to your problem. But we tend to pussyfoot around this issue. Shamanic healing is most effective within its own living context. And by that, what I mean is that shamanic healing is most effective in the lives of people living shamanically and offered at least by someone who is living as a shaman. And that we, we need to understand that, yes, your helping spirits will come to talk to you, whoever you are and whatever you believe in. If you just want to learn to journey, your helping spirits will develop a working relationship with you. Absolutely. You don't have to change anything else in your life. But ultimately, over time, as you work with those helping spirits, they will be giving you shamanic answers. And frankly, expecting you ultimately to live them. And if you were to begin to live your answers from your helping spirits shamanically, you would ultimately end up having to change your life and living a shamanic life because the answers the spirits have for us are based on human beings as energy beings in an energy world living in a way that is sustainable for all life. That is the fundamental deep wisdom in all life is life. And so my point Where I'd like to step up this conversation about shamanic healing is for us to begin to understand that while shamanic healing can be valuable in, 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 in any moment, if it's what you need, beginning to understand it in its own context, to offer it in its own context and potentially choose to live in a shamanic context is also the medicine of our time. So, the other thing that I, I'm sure those of you who've listened before know, but if it's your first show, you don't know this yet. I am not a traditionalist. I do not practice anybody's traditional shamanism, but I am an authentic shamanic practitioner. I'm an authentic non-traditional shamanic practitioner. And what I've learned through experience, because I didn't come through a tradition, so I was utterly blind, really, to the value of traditions. And I didn't know 
because my life was the only traditions that I knew, but I didn't and that seemed normal, right? So I didn't have any sense of having come from traditions. So I didn't know that there was much of what I knew from my childhood that helped me to understand what is the innate function and value in traditions. And because I didn't come from a tradition and I've never in my life um, in, attempted to mans- master a tradition, someone else's tradition, that I've never gotten lost in the forms. And it's just my particular constitution, my particular attitude, my particular honoriness and stubbornness that I am willing to reinvent the wheel. I'm willing to begin again. I'm willing to come to understand again what is important and why. Because when I look around me, I see broken systems everywhere. And I'm not willing to go down that road when it's so obvious the helping spirits are willing to help us to start again. But the value in the traditions, in seeing them around us, is they teach us the questions to ask. And so it speeds up that whole process in in a divinatory system, in a system that is driven by questions. We start asking the right question faster when we can look over there into that tradition and see how they're doing it and begin to ask not just how do I do that, but why. What is the bigger picture? And ultimately, what is the larger context that shamanism exists in and that shamanic healing certainly exists within? And so what I am saying then, to put it clearly, is that shamanic healing is most powerful in a shamanic context. It is most powerful delivered by an initiated shaman who lives in the contemporary world but in a shamanic way. And you will gain the most benefit from your shamanic healing if you begin to accept shamanic principles and how you approach your life. Because to live shamanically, not traditionally, but to live shamanically is to begin to ask the question, how do I live sustainably? How do I take responsibility for being an energy being who is manifesting reality at all times? And how do I begin to take my place in the world as a mature spiritual adult human? Since if you're listening to this show, you're probably human. And, you know, the trees don't need it. The trees are doing a really good job in surrender to their true nature. We're the ones that need the help remembering our true nature. So I am encouraging people to live shamanically, not necessarily traditionally, unless it is actually your tradition. That would be delightful. For me, I was just a white girl from Oregon. What did I know of tradition, right? So to live shamanically is natural for people who want to live sustainably, who want to live with equanimity for all living things, who want freedom for individuals to express their unique soul's purpose within the context of having a love for the future, a love for something larger than you and your soul's purpose. So what is shamanic healing then in this context? It is the shamanic healing forms as well as an understanding of yourself as an energy being in an energy world and what responsibilities come inherent in that fact. So the shamanic healing forms... I've discussed in other shows, and you can read them all over the internet. The shamanic healing forms are the shamanic healing forms, not all the many hybrids out there, um, but the shamanic healing forms are either energy in 
or energy out. And the rituals and ceremonies used to do that. And so basically, they're bringing back energies that should be present in your energy body and are not. So those could be soul parts. Those could be energies you have lost, like archetypes or in your mind or chakra energies or body part energies. If you have had a physical accident and injured your body, um, sometimes the body loses its the spirit that goes with that. If you like crushed your elbow or something, you might need to have the spirit of your elbow retrieved. I know that sounds completely bizarre to contemporary people, but it is amazing how many people complete that 20% of their recovery they couldn't quite get after they've finished the surgery and finished the physical therapy and finished the everything else and they can't quite get that last 20%, they get the spirit of that body part back and they're golden. I know it doesn't make any sense, but it works. So energy in... So these would be aspects of your own energy that you have lost. It could also be reconnecting you with your helping spirits and your basic sort of reconnecting you to the goodwill of all things. Um, And it can ultimately be just bringing you back information that guides you in your path. The other side of shamanic healing is energy out. So it's cleansings. um, Blessings fall somewhere in between both of those uh, things, but they'd be cleansings or extractions of intrusive energies all the way to full-on depossessions, which is also traditionally part of shamanism. So those are, those are the main shamanic healing forms, and there are rituals and ceremonies used to do these things depending on the culture that you're talking about. But these things all happen in the context of uh, us as humans and our energy. So it's really simplest, and I've said this on several other shows, but it's really simplest if you just think of yourself as an energy bucket. You're just a big old bucket of energy. And what we need to look at is not only whether or not the bucket is empty or full, which we talked about a lot last month when we talked about renewal, how the bucket just gets empty to beyond empty and you just need to spend some time refilling the bucket. But beyond that, the bucket itself may lose integrity. The bucket itself may have holes in it, and that is always the um, created. A hole in the bucket is always created when you are in, a, in experience of soul loss. And soul loss happens, people. If you grew up in a Western culture, you experience soul loss because Western cultures do not by their very belief systems, tend to the soul in such a way that assures that that does not happen. So it's very common in our contemporary world. Um, bucket, right. So soul loss creates holes in the bucket. Some other, um, other energy loss usually creates sort of like cracks or... Um, weaknesses in the bucket so loss itself though creates holes and so no matter how much yoga tai chi qigong how great your diet is how much you meditate all the things you do to fill the bucket if the bucket itself has holes in it you will leak now all those things i just listed so quickly are things that we can do to restore the integrity of the bucket itself but not repair the holes so we can um keep life from fraying 
the integrity of the walls of the bucket through practice, daily practices, through um, a choiceful diet, through meditation, prayer, gratitude, daily practices, through daily clearing practices. These are all things that we can do to strengthen the integrity of the bucket. And every day that goes by that we don't do these kinds of things has a tendency to shred or to weaken the integrity of the bucket. But none of those things repair a hole in the bucket and all of these things and then there's no um, amount of repair of the bucket through soul retrieval that is ever going to fix someone who's living in a way that's choosing to live in a way that's constantly shredding or wearing the bucket so it doesn't matter um, how many soul parts someone brings back for you if you're not choosing to integrate them and changing the way you live your life so these things work together. And that's what I mean when I say over the years, what I have come to see is given all the power inherent in shamanic healing to change someone's life. If the person isn't willing to engage in changing their life, it really doesn't matter. And that the other aspect that shamanic healing offers us is a perspective on how to live our life without buying in to a whole belief system or buying into a religion or um, an ashram or whatever to just still live your life, whatever you are, whether you're a graphic designer or a housewife or a organic gardener or a lawyer or a tinker, tailor, spy, it doesn't matter what you are, that your relationship with spirit can help you to craft a shamanic life if you get some help from some teachings and understand how to do that and live in a way that you can become more whole and more aligned with your soul's purpose. And this can happen organically through your day, through your weeks, through your months, through your life. And that this is actually the most empowered way to do shamanic healing. So that's what we need to understand is that it's not just about the shaman the power of the shaman, the exotic locale of the ceremony. It's not just about the shaman, but it's about how we engage in that shamanic healing and our own um, understanding and education in our minds, our, our ability to imagine and visualize ourselves as energy beings, as this big old energy bucket. And, and what is the state of your bucket? Not just whether it's empty or full, which is an issue. But the bucket itself is also your responsibility and it is not a given. That you are a bucket is a given. But the health and well-being of your bucket is not. Now, I am not a person who advocates cobbling a bunch of modalities into shamanic healing to try to make the shamanic healing more effective. Because anyone who's practicing shamanic healing can see that some people's lives are absolutely changed by one session and others people's lives aren't. And one of the ways contemporary practitioners have responded to that is cobbling other modalities into their shamanic healing, which for me is um, got a, works about as well as cobbling shamanic healing as a modality into some other kind of healing practice. I'm personally not an advocate of it. But I also support everyone in following their own guidance by spirit. And if they're guided to do that, they're guided to do that. So there. What I would like for us to do is first for people to work only with initiated shamans that have a history of effective work with other people so that you can actually experience. I mean, 
you wouldn't go get heart surgery from someone who was in their first year of medical school or not even in medical school. Now, why you would trust your soul, your soul, people, your soul to someone who is not initiated into the traditions of working respectfully, cleanly, responsibly with another person's soul, I don't know. It's, it, it's beyond me why anyone would say, well, this person's cheaper. They haven't really done any training yet, but why don't we give it a whirl? Your soul, people. Anyone doing a soul retrieval will literally energetically grasp your soul and put that back in your body. Energy transfers, people. Why would you even consider working with someone who is not initiated into those traditions? It's your soul. Okay, so have I made my point? I'll get off my little soapbox here. So first off, let's work with initiated shamans because the other thing about initiated shamans is they're going to do number two, which is they're going to investigate themselves why their forms are less effective on some people than on others and look themselves into that because they will be interested in the shamanic healing itself and advancing that work in our contemporary time. And so they will either do one of two things, deepen themselves as practitioners so that their work can be more effective and can meet the needs of the people, or they will deepen their understanding of how to support contemporary people as they seek shamanic healing and endeavor to integrate it into their contemporary life. And so I really strongly encourage us as we go forward, shamanic healing isn't a new idea anymore, right? I mean, I've been doing it for 20 years and there were people doing it before me. It's not new anymore. It's an established piece of the landscape of healthcare available to us. But shamanic healing goes beyond healthcare. And what I'm asking us all to do as people receiving the care and people offering this particular kind of care is to step our game up here and to go more deeply into what are we doing at this time what is different about working with contemporary people that was not true in the past and so the traditions don't address it and what is true about working with contemporary people and what does our time offer us that can help us in doing that more effectively so the general situations Um, that most people come at to begin to explore shamanic healing. So this is kind of back to that question of why would you engage in shamanic healing? So most people, they think they want to be shamans. This is really why most people explore shamanic healing. They just don't know it. They think they want to be shamans and they misinterpret their strong intuitive sense that they need to go in that direction for their own healing They misinterpret that strong intuition as the feeling of being called to the work. And there are, just as there are so, oh, so many people who went to therapy school because they needed therapy, there are, oh, so many people that went to shaman school because they actually needed shamanic healing. So that is, to be honest, one of the main reasons people pursue shamanic healing. Now, for everybody else, the first option, there's about, there's really kind of three groups One group is the kind of people that have done everything they ever imagined doing with their life in their late 30s, early 40s, and they are not fulfilled. And they are looking at another at least 40 or 50 more years because they're healthy, contemporary people, and there is no way in hell what they're doing right now is going to keep them sustained for the next 40 years in their heart and in their soul. 
They're bored out of their minds and they've done everything their culture encouraged them to do. And it is not paying off. It might be paying off financially, might be paying off in a certain ease and comfort in life. And for many people now, it's not even paying off that way. But they look at that next 40 years and go, oh, man, I cannot do this another 40 years. It is not sustaining me. So that's one reason people explore shamanic healing. Another reason is the opposite of that, that to get to this place in life, late 30s, early 40s, maybe people even know what their soul's purpose is, but they do not have the energy to get out of bed, either because of depression or chronic fatigue or some sort of energy sucking problem in their life is they simply cannot muster the energy to do what they have come here to do it's another reason people explore shamanic healing and a very good one by the way because shamanic healing can be very effective in that path quickly whereas a lot of things really can't even touch it anyway i'm digressing all right the third group is um people who are doing all the right things all the right things the right diet the right daily practices, the right prayers, the right meditations, the right gratitude, the right self-help books, the right, um, you know, consuming the correct amount of caffeine, chocolate, alcohol, whatever it is, doing everything right, and it's not progressing. That in, in their deeper heart of hearts, in their deeper truth in their own lives, the richness, the intimacy, the connection, the passion, the love for life they imagine being able to have isn't present. So these are the main reasons, I think, that people begin to explore shamanic healing. So what would be expected of you then in shamanic healing? So what would be expected of you as the person receiving the shamanic healing? Well, what actually is going to be expected of you is going to depend on the practitioner, do you see? Because some practitioners won't expect anything of you. And I suggest you run the other way from those practitioners. That you want to be involved with a practitioner who understands that to practice shamanism with contemporary people means supporting that contemporary person in the integration of that shamanic work. Because we do not live in a dominant shamanic culture. We live in a, in a dominant culture. That has utterly and completely failed us in terms of developing as spiritual adults and living lives, fruitful lives that support all life. And, and I, I'm not even going to argue that point. All you have to do is look around. And we know that this dominant culture has failed us, which is fine because shamanism has other options. And I'm, it's a hell of a lot easier to sell you all on shamanism now than it was 10 years ago. Because 10 years ago, I had to argue with you about whether or not this system works. I don't have to argue about that anymore at all. It doesn't work and it isn't going to. We need to build a better system. And we need to build a better system based on better principles. We need to build a system based on sustainability and a love for the future and a love for all life. And that is possible. And I sure as hell am not the only person talking about this right now. So my life, frankly, is better. Because I no longer feel like I'm a lonely voice in the wind. Because there's some really, really intelligent, good-hearted, wildly educated people right now all over the internet talking to you about what we all need to be doing together. But I digress again from today's show topic, which is what is expected of you in shamanic healing? So as a contemporary person, what is expected of you is to get a grip on the energy bucket idea. 
Yes, I do understand that many of us were born around the 50s. Our parents were certainly parenting in those times and that I remember the ads where you saw, you know, energy space food sticks that we were going to eat goop. We're gonna live like the Jetsons. I remember that, people. I know that this is this was the promise of this American culture that your life would be absolutely effortless. And if you still want that, would you please go rent Wally and watch it? Because you're all gonna end up big old fat blobs floating around on electronic chairs drinking shakes. You know, it's not a pretty picture. that's where that idea goes people we are energy buckets you must maintain your bucket and if you've got holes in your bucket you need them fixed it's the bottom line here and it isn't going to change that's that idea isn't going away it's not a faddish idea it is the fact of the energetic reality in which we live so you need to get a grip on the fact that you're an energy bucket if you have holes in your energy bucket then you need soul retrieval And you would know you have holes in your energy bucket because you're doing all the right things and you still feel like crap. Or you're doing all the right things. You don't feel like crap. You feel pretty good, but not good enough. That there is a passion burning in you to do something. You don't know what it is. That's not good enough, people. It isn't good enough. We must be willing again to dream of a true future. That is based on our love for those who are coming. And it is our gifts. Their lives will be built on. We have no other option. And if we're going to get there, you've got to get with your energy bucket. If you've got holes in your bucket, you need soul retrieval and you need it fixed. If you're going to get soul retrieval, you need that integrated. So you need to work with a shamanic practitioner that will help you in integration. And you need to be willing to work with them to do the integration. I can't do your integration for you. If you need an energy retrieval, you may need those energies back. You may need an energy retrieval to be able to change things you think are true about the world that you don't want to believe, right? We carry these beliefs because parts of our energy gets lost or gets broken. And it may, for us to come around to truly believe what we want to believe about the future we are creating, the life we are living and the future we are creating, you may need energy retrieval. You may need power animals to come back to help you to create the experience of integrity of your little energy bucket when you're not there yet. And one of the simplest ways to deal with the fact that your energy bucket sucks right now. What are you going to do about that? If you just truly did like a visualization, just asked your intuitive knowing in your body to show you the current state of your energy bucket and you went, oh crap, it's got holes everywhere. It's rusty. It's got a broken side. There's no handle, right? What do you do? Well, if you had a working relationship with your helping spirits, you'd call them in and say, I know it looks like shit, but fix my energy bucket for this day so it appears to have integrity out in the world. Not because it's going to make you look good, but it's going to keep you from picking up energies that aren't yours to pick up. It's going to keep you from being intruded upon, and it's going to keep you from being swayed and influenced and challenged by your environment. So what wears, so those are things that have to do with the structure of the bucket. Shamanic healing in in its simple, simplistic sense that it's offered, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but in other words, the shamanic healing, I've been willing to say, yeah, this is shamanic healing, energy in, energy out. I've been talking about that now to you all for three years. It's more than that. But those pieces are the pieces that affect the fundamental structure of the bucket. Does it have a hole in it or not? 
Is it cracked? Is it missing a side? That's where shamanic healing comes into play. But the larger context of living shamanically has to do with the wear and tear on the integrity of the bucket. And one of the most powerful things about the integrity of your bucket is your choices. I cannot tell you how often people ask me questions about relationships, especially relationships they shouldn't be in because they're not supported by spirit. And to be in that relationship is creating great chaos in their lives with their spouse or their children or whatever. So people are in these other relationships and they want to know, what do I do? Which way do I go? And spirit, well, spirit gives guidance. And what is amazing to me is how often people simply don't follow the guidance and then come back to me again about how their life is still a mess. It's like one of the greatest disturbers in the field, one of the greatest wear and tear on your poor little energy bucket is your bad choices. (laughs) I mean, bless your hearts. You got free will. We all have made bad choices in life. But can we learn from them, please, and move on? I mean, if you're going to make a bad choice, at least have it be a new bad choice, not the same bad choice you've been making since you were 17. So this is an aspect of working with contemporary people is helping people to develop a way of engaging with their life that they recognize their choices matter, that we are manifestation machines and that our choices are manifesting the life we're living. Even if we do have possessions, even if we do have soul loss, it's still your choices that are manifesting your life and they wear poor, consistent, poor choices around diet, around relationships, around all of the everyday stuff, wears away, rusts away your poor little energy bucket. It's trying desperately to hold you together. And your very choices throughout the day are like a hurricane, a sandblaster, just tearing away your little energy bucket. Our choices are profoundly powerful. And all you have to do is to turn those choices around And it utterly changed the state of being of your energy bucket. To choose to do three things. I probably could give you a list of 12 and you can pick three from that list. But three really powerful things would be to stop complaining. Practice gratitude. And do one thing every day for your heart. I just picked those out of the clear blue sky. They weren't in my script here. Clear blue sky. Three great things would totally change the quality of your energy bucket if you understood the power of your choices. The other thing about your bucket, bless your hearts, but if you're not 20 anymore, you do not have enough youth left to maintain your energy bucket sheerly on the fact that you're young. And because... When we move to that state in life, which hopefully we're getting some wisdom, so it's a nice trade-off, and you have to trade your youth, ideally for wisdom, is it's also time to begin practices if you have not done so already. So your practices, your meditation, chanting, mantras, qigong, yoga, tai chi, all of these things are the kinds of practices that reinforce and strengthen and maintain your energy bucket. Now, some people would say, well, that's not part of shamanic healing. Well, 
what I would say to you, what I would argue is that in shamanic cultures, people lived together very differently. There, um, I had the honor of listening to a Shipibo shaman talk about, there were two actually, it was a couple, talking about their lives with their people in um, kind of, I don't know, it was kind of mid-range, not high Andes, not deep in the rainforest, but anyway in South America. And they were talking about how they heal through song. And songs are patterns and patterns are woven and they are weavers and they can actually sing their weavings. It's really very beautiful. But what was really important um, in what they said around this point that I'm trying to make is that they normally would, as healers, would see 20 or more people a day. And when they came to the States, they could barely work with two. And that's what I mean, people, when I say when you live shamanically, you are living in a very different way. And most of us in our contemporary world can't imagine what that would be like. Because we haven't experienced anything close to it. And the reason that they could, these shamans could work with 20 or more people per day is because people took enormous responsibility for living in a particular way. In other words, in the context of today's show, they maintained their energy buckets. So I would argue that, that being aware as a spiritual adult of the need to maintain, live in a way that maintains your energy bucket in a good way is part of a shamanic way of life. And it is ultimately part of our ability to integrate and understand and take in the full benefit of shamanic healing. Now, another thing that is huge wear and tear on your energy bucket is being in an environment that is filled with invasive and um, possessing energies. So that's a problem. And if you work in one of those environments, like a hospital or near a graveyard or in any places where energies are very invasive, which could be a place filled with very, very egotistical people, some, some um, careers, some, um, yeah, some careers tend to be more filled with egotistical people than others because it takes a certain amount of ego to do well in that career. And so when you're around that kind of energy, it's very intrusive. It's very wearing on your little energy bucket. The other thing that wears and tears on your energy bucket is the unresolved energy of your own ancestors. And if you live in America, if, you, if you're first, second, third generation American or more, you have unresolved energies in your ancestors. I can't speak for other cultures because I don't know their histories. But right now there is a huge, huge pile of unresolved energy of the ancestors in the West world, worlds, Western worlds, worlds of Western thought. So my point in all of this is that we get frayed. And when I say that directly, people suddenly don't know what I mean. When I say, well, you're making choices that are fraying your energy, they're like, what do you mean? I don't understand what you're saying. So when people are individually confronted directly about that, all of a sudden they don't know what I mean. But what's interesting is when I talk about it generally, everyone's nodding. Everyone goes, yeah, everyone knows those days that you feel frazzled. That's a day that you have allowed the day to fray the energy of your energy bucket. So... The thing about working shamanically and shamanic healing is that we always get answers. 
And what we don't seem to understand is that the answer is simply an answer. Spirit's not necessarily implying that that's a reasonable next step to take. It's just saying, this is the answer to your problem here about your healing of your disease or your illness. And so another part of working, receiving shamanic healing today in the contemporary world is working with a shaman who can help you to say, okay, this was the answer we got. So what does that mean in your life? And where are you relative to taking that step? And so given that, like what would be the next three steps for you? And as you're on that third step, what are the next three steps? And another aspect of working in a contemporary time with shamanic healing in in the best sense would be to have someone that can help you realize that an answer may be a direct instruction. Do this now and do it until something changes, which is also true with um, Tai Chi and yoga and things like that. You just need to do the thing again and again and again until it shifts. Sometimes that's the answer you've been given by spirit. Sometimes you get an answer that you're nowhere near taking. And so the next part of the work with the shamanic practitioner is what are the steps? What are the steps I need to take to have the most direct path towards that answer that I've been given? And then the understanding that is your job to take those steps, not go to another practitioner and another practitioner and another practitioner. Keep looking for a simpler answer. That it's your job as the person receiving the shamanic healing to take those steps. And so what support do you need to do that? What help do you need to do that? And are you able to ask for help? That this is all part of what it means for me, at least, in working with people shamanically in, in the world today. And ultimately, one of the things that is expected from you if you're asking for shamanic healing is your own willingness to align your choices with the information you've been giving by spirit. Um, And this is really important if you want more information because one of the things about the dynamic with the spirit world is that if we don't do, if we don't act on the information we're given, we don't get new information because we're still at the old place. It's not... It's not, um, well, I'm not going to give you any more because you didn't do what I said. It's not like nasty. It's just functional. From a spirit perspective, you know, spirit's not fooled. You're still in the same place. You, if you haven't done anything, you're still in the same place you were the first time you asked the question. And so I've worked with people who, who take in the information they get from spirit shamanically as a source of information. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but they take that in and they filter it in with their own intuition and dowsing and this and that and the other thing. And they get this kind of hodgepodge path forward that wasn't so challenging. And then they come back for another session and they want the next steps. But from a shamanic perspective, they haven't taken the first steps. They think they have because they've done a watered down version of it. But from a spirit perspective, they haven't. Now, that's not to say that people can't get information from spirit and use their own intuition to figure out how to take the steps and take them and come back and get new information. That happens. But more often than not, I see people trying to dumb the answer down so it's not so challenging. And then they can do things in their life and feel like they're doing something without actually changing anything. And that is... You can't get away with the spirit. You may be able to fool me. I'm, I am a sucker for people all the time, but it doesn't fool spirit. So it's important to align your choices um, 
with the information given by spirit if you want to get more information. Another aspect of shamanic healing today in the world is that it's important for us as individual people to get right with the invisible world. So your own shamanic healing, your own ability to support your soul retrieval work and your integration of that and any ancestral healing and clearing intrusions out of your life and all of this kind of basic shamanic healing, it it will help you to do that if you can get right with the spirit help that is present in your everyday life. Now, regardless of your religious orientation or affiliation, there are there's still shamanic spirit help present in your life, whether you want it there or not. And the first thing is there are spirits of the land because every single one of you lives somewhere. And so there are spirits of the land that are connected to you in your life. And there are great spirits of the land, which are the spirits of regions. And these expand even deeper to the spirit of the earth itself. And these energies um, and your relationship with them can profoundly affect your energy bucket. And so one of the things that can help you and your relationship with your energy and the simplicity and the ease and the grace of your life is to simply clear congested or accumulated spirit energies from your land or from your space. And this is something that you could do if you understood who the spirits of your land are and and what energies those spirits feel are intrusive in the land and to heal that in some way. You all have helping spirits to guide you. And it's important to maintain right relationship with your own helping spirits and to engage in a kind of energetic exchange, sing their song for them, they help you, dance their dance for them, they help you, and that there's a nice, loving, back-and-forth energetic exchange relationship there. Because often, one of the adding causes to someone's disease state is that they are in trouble and they are asking for help, but they're not willing to let the help of their helping spirits in. And so the very presence of their helping spirits trying so hard to assist them is adding to the extreme nature of their distress. And so the more that we can create a healthy relationship with our helping spirits, the more that will help our energy bucket. It's important to develop a powerful relationship with your ancestral helping spirits and to clean up the unresolved energies of the dead and to understand that both of these energies exist in all of our lives. We all have a wealth of support from our ancestors and for many people, the disease, the cause of the disease that they are experiencing is a disconnection from their helping ancestors, just like that disconnection from your helping spirits. So to develop a strong working relationship with your ancestors and to have an energetic exchange going there so that they can help you, support your energy bucket, support your work with your soul, and in very importantly, support your destiny. Support your connection with your purpose and you're moving towards your destiny because the fact that you are here to do that exists because the ancestors dreamt of a better future. And so they are deeply invested in helping you. But in between you and all that ancestral help is the big old mess of all these unresolved energies of the dead. And so that's another thing that we can do to simplify our lives, to engage in shamanic healing. It's another reason why we would engage in shamanic healing, but it can help you and your little energy bucket to be healthy and well. And then beyond that is simply the sacred space. Do you have sacred space in your home? 
do you have sacred space at work, especially those of you that spend a lot of time at work? Do you have sacred space somewhere out in nature? I have a lot of students in Manhattan, and almost every one of them has a sacred space out in nature. Yes, it's a public place. Who cares? It's still their sacred space out in nature. So the whole point of this, the whole tie, the whole tie back into your energy bucket is that when you practice grounding your relationship with spirit, this is also a great time to practice grounding your relationship with your spirit so that your spirit and your soul lives in your body and is grounded to the physical plane because that is the whole point of being a human is to bring that spirit here and embody it. And so these practices are all at their best and they are all most effective, meaning your spirit practices, your altar sacred space practices and your own personal practices are at their best and most potent when they flow organically back and forth between each other. And, and if you don't have any of those things, if you, if you, and you want to get some, if you get shamanic versions of that, there's a real organic relationship between nature and your nature and your sacred practices and your personal practices. And they all fit together because it's not trying to uphold a heady idea of spirit. It's trying to bring, bring your own spirit here into your body so that you can recognize the spirit in all things and live in a way that supports all life in a sustainable way with a love for the future. And that that's, that that's, sane it's normal it's wise it's the only way that we can really be once we actually accept what's going on here we throw out the politics we throw out all the religions we throw out all the ideas and we just accept experientially what is going on here it's the only sane way to go forward sustainably with a love for the future with the respect for all living things, with an ability to embrace the power of diversity and to stand firm in our little energy buckets against the ex- excesses and the extremes that would drive us all over the edge. And this is at the heart of living shamanically. It's not to adopt a tradition and start wearing everybody else's funny hats and carry around a drum. But it's to live in a way that is centered around the divine and the spirit in all things. To understand the power of rhythm, not to carry the drum. To understand the relationship with spirit, not to only pray in a particular way. But to let this way of living that is tied entirely to the energetic reality of life be the thing that guides you. As you make your choices through the day and that we surrender to the energetic reality of our lives, we open to the support that we have. We choose to be here now and we engage together in creating a world that truly is good for all living things. So thank you all for joining me here this week. I give thanks to the ancestors for gathering around the earth below the sky above, the heart that unites us all. And I just want you all to know that at, that the shows are all available. Three years now of shows are available at whyshamanismnow.com. And information about classes and long-distance healing is at lastmaskcenter.org. 
And there's a huge number of classes starting for beginners, intermediate, and advanced students in January, February, March, and April. So please visit the website. Thank you all for joining me this week. Have a good week.